0: Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now here's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 18 through 19 called Oracles Concerning Ethiopia and Egypt.
1: Father, we are grateful to be here tonight. And we're grateful to have a place that we can come and worship you in spirit and in truth, and then look to your word. And your word has so much for us, Lord, and so much rich stuff in the book of Isaiah, both things that happened in Isaiah's lifetime and immediate future, and things that point to the future. And uh, we just ask for discernment tonight as we study it. We ask for um, wisdom from your Holy Spirit. We ask for open hearts. And we know that you're interested in the people uh, of the whole world, Lord. And this text really reveals your heart, that you want people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to come to the Savior, Jesus Christ. And even people groups that have been enemies of your people, Israel, you want them to be saved. And especially, we're going to look a lot at Egypt tonight and your plan for Egypt in the future. And we pray, Lord, that you will show us your heart for people. You love people, and it's not your will that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And so we pray that you'll give us the same heart that you have for people, and that you'll place that passion and compassion in us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, so in Isaiah 18, notice, Alas, O land, verse 1, of whirring wings, which lies beyond the rivers of Cush. If you have a New King James, it says, Woe to the land shadowed with buzzing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia. And Cush is kind of the, um, the translation of what was then known as Ethiopia, which incorporated a little, much more land actually than uh, today. As a matter of fact, in Ezekiel thirty-eight five, it says that the groups that will gather in a coalition in the last days against Israel include... Persia, which is modern-day Iran, and Ethiopia, which is translated in Ezekiel thirty-eight five as Cush, and put with them, and all of them with shield and helmet. And then it goes on to list uh, nations that we believe point to Russia and Germany. So some interesting connections, but God connects now and addresses the land of whirring wings or buzzing wings. And, and there's different interpretations on what this means, but it's obviously the area uh, beyond the rivers of Cush. And this image is not about Egypt that we'll look at chapter ni- in chapter 19, which really was known for having buzzing insects and all of that kind of thing. And many of their gods were insects, as you know, and the plagues came against those particular false gods but this image could be a picture of humanity. Humanity buzzing around as it were, busy buzzing around, uh, active but really getting nowhere. Now I don't know about you guys, but uh, I think I've inherited this from my mother that whenever there's a fly in the room, I cannot focus on anything else except that fly. It just drives me absolutely bananas and I have to go after that fly. And the annoyance that this buzzing can bring to your life. And sometimes that's the way life is. You know, we're buzzing around, we're making a lot of noise, but we're not getting to a whole lot of places. We live in a very busy society. Have you ever uh, looked at our freeways, maybe you've been flying over and you're going to land in a local airport? Have you ever just seen the buzz of the freeways? You know, you just watch people going here and there, to and fro. I got to get there. I got to get there. And some places we just have to get. But we can get into this mode where we're a bunch of buzzing insects. We're flapping our wings, but we're getting nowhere. And uh, I shared with you guys, I think uh, at least maybe on a Sunday, that uh, one pastor said that he was really forced into taking a sabbatical. And he liked to take pictures and he saw, he was out in the wilderness and he had just kind of settled into that mode of, you know what, I'm going to rest in the Lord. And he had been doing a lot in ministry, but, you know, he had to have a break. And he saw a wing, uh, an eagle with its wings spread out just taking a gust of wind, not flapping its wings, but just soaring on the wind. And the Lord spoke to his heart and said, Do you see that eagle? That eagle is what I want you to be like. I want you to catch the wind gust of the Spirit and let me push you along. You've been flapping your wings long enough, as it were. And the world is kind of like that. We're we're busy, we're we're doing a lot of things, but the question is, are we accomplishing anything that's really going to last? Are we investing into the kingdom of God? Are we doing things that are going to count for eternity? You know, we can plan a career, we can plan our retirement, we can do all these different things, but in the end, is it really going to matter? John Piper shared a story. He was talking about two missionaries that were approaching 80 years old from his fellowship, and both of them had been ministering in some areas, and uh, their car went over a cliff, and they both died in the car crash. And he asked the question to his congregation, was that a tragedy? And he named these two ladies, and he said they ministered in these very difficult areas, you know, unreached uh, areas, and they ministered. And one of them, I think, was a nurse, and they died all of a sudden in this car crash. And he asked the question, was that a tragedy? That they, they did the work of the Lord, and then they ended up in eternity with the Lord? He said, I'll show you a tragedy. And he, he pulled a little article that was from the Reader's Digest, and he talked about a husband and wife that had retired in their 50s. They played softball together, they bought a boat, and they were collecting shells, seashells. And he said, you know, he said, which is more of a tragedy? He said, I'll tell you what, this is a tragedy. It is a tragedy to think that one day you will stand before the living God and give an account for your life and say to him, and this is the way Piper put it, look, Lord, my shell collection. Look, Lord, there's my boat. And I got a good swing, too. And you know, the American dream has been sold in such a way that we think that's what it's about. We think if it's about I have a good swing and a good boat and some cool-looking shells that I collected, that that's what life's about. But in the end, your crown is going to be the people that you reached for Jesus Christ. That is what you will lay before the Lord one day. Your crown of exaltation, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, will be those whom you reached for the gospel, whether you prayed for them and they came into the kingdom, whether you planted a seed in their life, whether you witnessed by the way you worked or lived, or whether you were the person that delivered the gospel to them, or maybe you were that helping hand that reached out with a tangible gift. But there's all kinds of people buzzing around. There are lands, and I would submit to you, our land is that land. A bunch of people buzzing around. But I'm not sure we're getting really anywhere. Woe to the land shadowed with buzzing wings, which is beyond the rivers of Ethiopia, which sends envoys by the sea. Some believe this could be translated the Nile River because of what follows, even in papyrus vessels on the surface of the waters. They send their envoys out, there's ships on the sea or boats on the water, go swift messengers to a nation tall and smooth, so go to this particular people group, which is the nation here of the buzzing wings, go to this group, to a people feared far and wide, by the the way, the people of Ethiopia were known to be a tall people in ancient times and of smooth skin, and here... Some believe that this could be a reference to Egyptians, but I think it still sticks with the theme of Ethiopia. There are people feared far and wide. They're a powerful and oppressive nation whose land the the rivers divide, and that would be the Nile there and its tributaries. All you inhabitants of the world and dwellers on earth, I want you to see that this is a message for everyone on the earth. As soon as a standard or banner is raised on the mountains, you will see it. And as soon as the trumpet is blown, you will hear it. For thus says the Lord, thus the Lord has told me. This is Isaiah's word from the Lord, verse 4. I will look from my dwelling place quietly, like dazzling heat in the sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. For before the harvest, 5, as soon as the bud blossoms and the flower becomes a ripening grape, then he will cut off the sprigs with pruning knives and remove and cut away the spreading branches. And they will be left together for uh, mountain birds of prey, and for the beasts of the earth and the birds of prey will spend summer feeding on them, and all the beasts of the earth will spend harvest time. So it appears two seasons here, harvest time on them, munching at the, sorry to be gross, the carcasses on the mountains. So the, the, there's a warning, and it comes from the mouth of Isaiah, and it's a message from the Lord. And it's to a people that are busy accomplishing much, and God is basically saying, I'm going to send judgment. Judgment is going to come, and when that judgment comes, it is addressed, verse 3, to all the inhabitants of the world, all the dwellers of earth. As soon as the standard is raised on the mountains, you will see it, and as soon as the trumpet is blown, you will hear it. Now, there are really two primary purposes for the trumpet in the Bible. It's either one, to call a sacred assembly, to call the people of God to the presence of God, to worship God, or the second purpose of the trumpet is to call the people to war. And some people, in looking at this text, see in this image a last day scenario, where Ethiopia may be more of a picture of the world, busy about, buzzing about its business. And there's going to be a time, verse 4, as God waits patiently from his dwelling. Notice, look at verse 4. For thus the Lord has told me, I will look from my dwelling place quietly Like dazzling heat in the sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. God waits, and He waits, and He waits, and people say, where's the promise of His coming?
0: You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Thanks for tuning in to Walk in Truth today. Did you know there's more where that came from? Download the Living Truth app to listen to more of Pastor Michael's teachings whenever you want. You can even watch videos. And if you're local to Southern California, you can get updates on church events, new studies, and more. Download the free Living Truth app today. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walkin' Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walkin' Truth.
1: Then he will cut off the sprigs with pruning knives and remove and cut away the spreading branches. And they will be left together for uh, mountain birds of prey and for the beasts of the earth and the birds of prey will spend summer feeding on them and all the beasts of the earth will spend harvest time. So it it appears two seasons here, harvest time on them, munching at the, sorry to be gross, the carcasses on the mountains. So the, the, there's a warning, and it comes from the mouth of Isaiah, and it's a message from the Lord, and it's to a people that are busy accomplishing much, and God is basically saying, I'm going to send judgment. Judgment is going to come, and when that judgment comes, it is addressed, verse 3, to all the inhabitants of the world, all the dwellers of earth. As soon as the standard is raised on the mountains, you will see it, and as soon as the trumpet is blown, you will hear it. Now, there are really two primary purposes for the trumpet in the Bible. It's either one, to call a sacred assembly, to call the people of God to the presence of God, to worship God, or the second purpose of the trumpet is to call the people to war. And some people, in looking at this text, see in this image a last day scenario, where Ethiopia may be more of a picture of the world, busy about, buzzing about its business. And there's going to be a time, verse 4, as God waits patiently from his dwelling. Notice, look at verse 4. For thus the Lord has told me, I will look from my dwelling place quietly Like dazzling heat in the sunshine, like a cloud of dew in the heat of harvest. God waits, and He waits, and He waits. And people say, where's the promise of His coming? For ever since the fathers fell asleep, the creation goes on just as it has from the beginning, right? Where is He? Everybody keeps telling me, the Lord's coming, the Lord's coming. But I don't see the Lord. He hasn't come. My grandma, my grandpa used to tell that story. But the Lord waits patiently. Why does He wait? Because He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. You see, don't count the Lord's patience as slackness or slowness, but He is patient toward you. Had the Lord come in the 70s, I'd be in big trouble. Had the Lord come in the early 80s, I would have been in big trouble. And some of you who have been Christians for a short time, had the Lord come in 2000, you would have been in big trouble. Some of you have not been Christians more than 10 years, and some of you maybe no more than five years, and some of you have gotten saved in the last year. Are you grateful that the Lord didn't come before you became a Christian? See, things change when it gets personal. You know, we want the Lord to come and we say, Maranatha, Maranatha, come Lord Jesus. And I'm right with you. I want him to come. But there's work to be done. There's a harvest to be brought in. And the Lord knows when he's going to come. He has set aside that day and hour. Your job and my job is to occupy until he comes. And what should we be occupied with? Well, I'll confess, I enjoy playing golf. But I heard a pastor one time say he had made a decision in his life. He realized that he could not be a good pastor and a good golfer. Do you know what I'm saying? I want to be good at everything I do. And I'm a pretty serious competitor. Uh, I want to be good at racquetball. I want to be good at everything that I do. But I realize I only have a certain amount of time in the day to be good at stuff. And one of the things that the Lord has called me to be good at is his word. He wants me to study to show myself approved. And I can't do that if I have the TV on on Saturday night and I'm preparing the sermon in a half an hour from a sermon on the internet. That's not gonna fly, right? The Lord wants me to hear from him so I can deliver a message to you. That's what this is about. And you need to go and talk to the Lord about people, So then you can talk to people about the Lord. You know what I'm saying? We have to have a prepared heart. The church, you know, for a lot of us, we have to be honest that Christianity has been an addition to our portfolio. But I don't know if you've been watching the Dow Jones, but the portfolio is suffering right now. And if you're you're investing your eggs in that basket and you think that that's going to pull you through... Now, it may be there and it may not be there, but the bottom line is that the world is trusting in the wrong things and the Lord waits quietly. He looks from his dwelling place, verse 4, and but when he comes, he will be involved. And remember that the harvest imagery is last day's imagery. Jesus is the Lord of the harvest and there's going to be a day when the harvest is ripe and the Lord thrusts his sickle into the harvest and he's going to bring it in. And the wheat's going into his barn and the chaff is going to be blown away. See, that's all that's going to matter when it's all said and done. He's the ultimate farmer. And those who are judged, those who are not ready for his arrival, those who are uh, who feel the sun or the dew and know that it's involved in the ripening process, but basically ignore it. One day their judgment will come and it will come suddenly and they will not escape. That's the image that Jesus gave when he talked about Noah and the flood. It will be just that way in the, when the Son of Man comes. There will be a whole group of people, despite world events, that will be ill-prepared for the coming of the Lord. But there will be a remnant, verse 7, At that time, a gift of homage, and we believe this could be pointing to the time of the harvest or the consummation of the ages when Jesus comes, at that time, a gift of homage will be brought to the Lord of hosts from a people, so who? A people tall and smooth, still the same people, even from a people feared far and wide, a powerful and oppressive nation whose land the rivers divide to a place of the name of the Lord of hosts, even... Mount Zion. And I want you to see again, this is going to lead us into Egypt, how even those who are enemies of God, eventually a remnant from those nations apparently will turn to the Lord and even bring a gift of homage and say, We were wrong. What we invested in, what we fought for, the land that meant so much to us that we had to, you know, cause all of these issues and and, and so forth, it means nothing. And they will bring a gift to the Lord, a gift of homage, which means a gift of humility and worship, paying respects to the Lord of hosts. And now we turn to Egypt. The oracle, chapter 19, verse 1, concerning or the burden concerning Egypt. Behold, the Lord is riding on a swift cloud. Again, that is imagery of his second coming. Jesus said he's going to come on the clouds with power and great glory. And it is about to come to Egypt. The idols of Egypt will tremble at his presence, and the heart of the Egyptians will melt within them. Psalm 18.10 says, and he rode upon a cherub and flew, and he sped upon the wings of the wind. And Jesus said in Matthew 26.64, you have said it yourself, nevertheless I tell you, hereafter you shall see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And Revelation 1.7 says, when he comes, every eye will what? Will see him. And he will come in power and great glory. And there's gonna be two responses to his coming. Some people are gonna say, Lord Jesus, (laughs) praise the Lord, Maranatha, receive me to yourself. And other people are gonna say, The Bible stories are true. He does rule the heavens and the earth, despite what all the intellectuals say about how we came into being. I just saw a program. Did you guys see this on, was it Discovery? Stephen Hawking, the guy in the wheelchair, telling us how our universe came into being. You guys didn't see that? Good. (laughs) And Stephen Hawking basically says, like all the other intellectuals, Oh, there was a big bang, all right. Right? And they all say that basically there were, it was about, you know, the stuff that was out there was about the size of a period at the end of a sentence. And man, just something started happening and boom! Here comes the world. That's scientific. All the forms of plants and animals, six million forms of plants and animals, diversity, the Uh, involuntary organs reproduction it's all a cosmic accident by the way i don't know if you knew this kids but (laughs) you're
0: you're an accident
1: and then we wonder why they go show up to schools with guns and blow their classmates away i'm a cosmic accident who cares survival of the fittest
0: You've been listening to Oracles Concerning Ethiopia and Egypt, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's teaching in Isaiah chapters 18 through 19. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Walk in Truth, our church, and the events and studies we have going on, then download our free Living Truth app from your app store. The Living Truth app is the one with the red logo with the pillars. Now, here's Pastor Michael.
1: Well, here we are. We're a month into 2022, and uh, I have some questions for you. And here's the questions. Are you plugged into a local church? Are you engaging your spiritual gifts? How are you doing with your daily devotional time in the Word of God? You know, I heard somebody recently say, for every hour of television we watch, we better get an hour of Bible reading to offset the worldview that we're getting Largely from the television. I'm not talking about every show, but you know what I'm saying. We get a whole lot of worldview pushed on us and lies told to us. And the only way we can counter those is to balance it out with truth. Amen. Are you doing that? Uh, would you say that instead of going to a midweek service or Bible study, I kind of sit in front of the, the tube and, you know, just veg out? I'm not talking about vegging out being a problem. Because uh, we have freedom in Christ. I'm just talking about how much of that. And do you feel like your spiritual life is in balance as you get going in 2022? And I told the congregation recently here at uh, Living Truth in Corona that one thing I've been uh, thinking about is I want to walk in freedom this year and I want to share true freedom with others. And true freedom is knowing Christ. He makes us free. If the Son sets you free, you will be free Indeed. Hey, tell us how you're doing. Uh, Drop us a note through the website, walkintruth.com. Send us an email. Here it is. Contact at walkintruth.com. That's contact at walkintruth.com. Hey, if you're listening outside Southern California, we'd love to hear from some of our listeners outside of Southern California. To be quite candid, we hear a lot from inside Southern California. Not a lot from you listeners outside of Southern California. What's up with that? We'd love to hear from you. You can also call 844-48-TRUTH, 844-48-TRUTH, and tell us how the program has been a blessing to you. We love to hear from our listeners, and uh, we love your encouragement, and we appreciate your prayers and partnership. Well, we will see you tomorrow for part two in Isaiah 18 and 19.
0: See you then. And join us tomorrow for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapters 18 through 19 called Oracles Concerning Ethiopia and Egypt. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.